Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to December. Can you believe we are already at December? New Year's is right around the corner. Of course, Christmas will be here before we know it. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I know we certainly enjoyed being with family. It's a great time of the year just to be celebrating and enjoying family. I just want us, before we get started with the message today, just give a shout out to Home Depot. You might see that we've got some changes going on here. We're able to in, uh, redo a lot of our stuff here. We got black carpet now. Had some people tell me that I should have a not the wood grain on the floor. And so they, um, Home Depot um, donated some really awesome stuff for us. We were able to get more black curtains, and there's more stuff coming. They're doing in stages, so I just want to give a great big thank you to Bobby and to um, the Home Depot store and for them giving back. And they said that's one of the core things that they like to do is give back. So we're just so happy they're investing into us, and we're really appreciative of that. Well, this week, we're going to be talking about Leaving a legacy. And the word legacy, and if, if you've been around us or listened to any of our podcasts for any length of time, you will notice that we talk about legacy the first two Sundays in December. And it's going to lead up to a special legacy offering next week. That'll be December the 8th. And that's when we do, we talk about giving very, very little around here, and, and that's mostly on purpose because I don't want to continue a stereotype where the church is just always sitting there asking with their hand out and asking for something. But there, there's actually, it's a very common thread in the Bible, and that is giving. And we're going to look at some of that today. But then it's going to also lead up to this legacy offering next week. Now, it's open year-round. If someone wants to be a part of that, you can simply go, and you'll see it throughout many times through the message. You can go to givetobelong.com, and one of the pull-down um, places where it says tithes and offerings and, and core and all that, one of them is legacy. And that's where you will designate during that. So you can start today or you can plan and see what you want to do next week, whatever that will be. But I mentioned that it's a common thread throughout the Bible of legacy. And it really is where God has given promises to all of our forefathers. And then they have lived out their life in this covenant with God. And they've left a legacy that we are now experiencing. I want, to, I want you to turn your Bibles with me if you have it, and if you don't, it's going to be here on the screen, to Luke chapter 7, and, and I think it's just this great story. We read this a little bit, and we kind of um, jumped over it a couple of weeks, uh, months ago, actually, whenever we were reading through the Gospels. In Luke chapter 7, verse 2, Jesus is, is here, and this is all talking about Jesus. There was a centurion servant whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die, so this guy's servant, this person who's just been really good and he's highly valued by his master, he, he's just really, really ill and, and just it's a really, it's a bad time for him. Verse 3, the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of, to the, of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. So see, the word of Jesus and Jesus' healing power had penetrated even beyond the Jews and even beyond the area that he was reaching out to these other regions. Verse 4, when they came to Jesus, they ple pleaded earnestly with him 
Uh, and I highlighted that. Look at that. They pleaded earnestly with Jesus, and look at what they said. This man deserves to have you do this. And, and, and that kind of always stuck out to me. It's like, why, why is that? And, uh, and we'll continue on, and I'll, I'll continue with that. But verse 5, because he loves our nation, and he's built our synagogue, and now, there's no pay for play when it comes to God, so you can't buy your miracle. You can't, you know, the more you give, the more God's going to just rain down blessings on you. I'm, I'm not here to do the prosperity message. There is some truth in that, and there's a whole lot of abuse in there. But look at this. Jesus never disputed that. Verse 6, Jesus went with them. Jesus never disputed and said, hey, why are you telling me this, that he built the synagogue? Why are you telling me this that he loves? If his, if his servant's sick and he needs me to touch him, then I'll just go and heal him. Why are you giving me this other information? But you see, where he wasn't a Jew and where he wasn't in the, the, at that time were the ones that Jesus would have been giving healing to. Remember the story about the woman, and she was a Samaritan woman, and she's asking Jesus, he's like, I have nothing to do with you. It's not for you. And right, and it was right now, it was eventually, but it wasn't at that time. He, Jesus didn't even argue with that. Why? Because of the testimony of all that this man had done for God's house. Many people believe that he was a, not only a huge donor, but he was really just impassioned by Judaism and God's people and, and the temple, and he just wanted it to be this great experience for the people and also a great expression for God. Look at this. And he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him, friends, friends to say to him. Now, time out. As I was reading through this again right before the service, I, I want you to look at what I saw. I'd never seen it before. The centurion didn't even go to Jesus. He sent other people to Jesus. And when Jesus took off and started heading that way, and, and then now we see that Jesus wasn't even far from the house, that the centurion heard about it, and he sent even more people to say to him, look what he said, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Verse 7, that's why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. He's like, man, I'm not looking at all the gifts that I've given and me building the synagogue and all of this love that I have for your people and God's house. I didn't even consider myself that, hey, that bought me a place, a seat at your table. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse 8, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me and I tell this one to go and he goes and that one come and he comes and I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd with following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. Remember, we looked at the word faith that it means to be persuaded or to be confident. He said, I haven't seen anyone, even in all of Israel, with this great confidence, this great being persuaded that all I have to do is say, because he understands authority. See, this man had built a legacy that they're talking about when they're coming to Jesus, and, and no, it's not buying it, but he had, he had created this audience 
with God. Would he have gotten that any other way? I don't know. I mean, that wasn't the story. But look at what they said, and Jesus never rebuked them. He never contradicted that. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, it says, But you should remember, talking about legacy, that the Lord your God, it is he who is giving you the power to make wealth. And, and I think sometimes we get hung up thinking, my paycheck, the things that I have is because of me. I work really hard, and I work these hours, and I do all this stuff, and it's all about me, baby. But it's actually God who is giving you the power. So if you have a creative mind, if you have a witty idea, if you have this ability to be excel in work because your intellect and your attaining knowledge and your work and your experience, that's not just because of you. There's nothing made we saw in John, 10, in John 1 that, that says, John 10, of course, I have to, it's like right there on my lips, it's ready to come out. In John 1, he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and there was nothing made that wasn't made by Him. There's nothing that's in my life that wasn't made by God, and it is He who's giving me the power to get wealth. Look at the next screen. For what reason? Look at this. That He may confirm His covenant, which He swore to, swore to your fathers. Legacy. See, the fathers that he's talking about, even in Deuteronomy, way back in the beginning of the Bible, he's like, hey, there is a covenant between your fathers and me that we entered into this covenant, and they have left a legacy for you. And that's why God has given you the power to get wealth because he's confirming. He's keeping his side of the bargain. He's keeping his side. That he may confirm the covenant, what she swore. See, there's a legacy from those who have gone before you. It's not just about what you are doing. And, and, and I love hearing my grandmother talk about my great-grandfather, her daddy, and how he started the little country church that I actually got saved in. And, and to think about my great-grandfather being a church planter in the midst of planting all the other stuff because he's an actual farmer. But the thought of that, he's leaving a legacy that I'm now stepping into. I'm leaving a legacy for my children. And, and one day my grandchildren, and then another day my great-grandchild like my great-grandfather. See, there's a legacy that we have. We didn't just come upon this all by ourselves. You might have heard that, that story or that, that saying, you didn't build that. And, and I was looking at everything around us the other day and thinking, how much of this has just been growing and building upon, building upon, building upon, building upon. And certainly we are at the peak of technology, the peak of building and all this stuff. But those roads that we're driving on many times weren't even built during my lifetime. They were built in a previous time. Someone else built. I got a chance to go to the Hoover Dam and, and got to see the whole inside of how it was built and, and the story and how long and just a crazy amount of concrete it took to build that. Yeah, that wasn't me. Me walking across that thing, that wasn't me. That's a legacy that those men that built that gigantic dam, they've left that we're still looking at today. 
Look at this in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And he, Jesus, sat down where? Opposite the treasury. So where they're taking the offering at church, okay, to put it in our vernacular, he sat down right there. He's like, okay, I'm going to watch. I'm going to see where that basket is, where that bowl is, whatever that, you know, that plate is. And I'm going to look. And he began observing how the people were putting money. And if you're with me right now, I would say, say money. Money is in the Bible. How they were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. There's nothing wrong with that. But look at the difference, verse 42. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. So in proportion to what would help the church, for, in proportion to what would help the treasury of the finances of the church, what she brought is minuscule. You would look at those people that are rich and giving large checks Say, man, the end of the year's coming, so I better get my tax refund, uh, my tax deductible receipt in here now, baby, because it's gonna, it'll be too late by December 31st. Hey, they're writing these big checks. Look at this, verse 43. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. And, and part of when it comes to money and giving, people will hear and they'll think about this and this connotation comes to their mind of how much money are you wanting from me? What are you wanting from me? And the bigger the check, then the more influence. And man, if I build this entire church for you, then you better be there when I call you. You better come show up at my birthday party. You should better do all of these things. And, and Jesus is like, hey, I'm, I'm happy that those rich people wrote the large checks, but truly I'm telling you, he says, she put in more than all the rest of them, verse 44. For they put in out of their surplus. I was actually sitting in a church service one time in a, in a church that we were, um, I was on staff and we were helping build this large sanctuary that became, became this really awesome service and, and just this great thing. And, and a man walked up in the middle of the thing and he gave a check for $200,000. And he'd already given $200,000. So this was making $400,000 that he'd given to building this church, which was more than 40% of what it was taking to build the whole church. And he said this statement. And this is a great man. I love this man. And, and he's in heaven now rejoicing with Jesus. But he said this statement. He goes, I'm really happy to give this today. He goes, but to be honest, I'm not even going to miss it. See, that woman gave in something she was going to miss. She gave in her poverty and what she had to live on. In fact, next week's message, you don't want to miss it, is going to be on the story of the drought and God's provision with Elisha. And it's just this crazy story. And, and it's probably a spin on it that you've never thought of if you've heard the story. You may have never seen this particular angle of this so that's coming next week because we'll we'll be talking about this for two sundays right here and this week and next week turning your bibles to mark chapter 14 verse 3 
While he was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, which again, that's, that's kind of funny to me because he didn't have leprosy anymore, but he had been labeled with leprosy and they're trying to decide who is he. So this is someone that Jesus had healed from leprosy and Jesus is now hanging out at his house and reclining at the table, there came a woman with an alabaster vial, a very costly perfume, a pure nard, and she broke the vial and poured it over his head. And, and the, the connotation would be today, if we, if we have perfume bottles, and think about the gigantic ones that are like, you see them in the department stores or something like this, and man, just a little drop, and you put it behind your ears, and you know, you rub it on the back of your, your, palm, your hands, and you know, that's a, it's so powerfully strong, that that's all you need. And here, she didn't just give a drop, she broke it, and she poured it all over his head. And I actually gave a message to a dance team one time um, that was at part of our church, and I was their spiritual covering for a period of time. And I, I, broke, I brought a small bottle of oil, and I, I poured some in each one of their hands in the small room. And, and it just filled the room with the fragrance. And then I stepped out when someone else was talking, I came back in. It was like overpowering how much of the fragrance is there. Imagine how much was just, just permeating the whole atmosphere. Verse 4, but some were indignant, remarking to one another, why has this perfume been wasted? Man, he, she just poured the whole thing over Jesus' head. For the perfume might have been sold for over 300 denarii and the money given to the poor, and they were scolding her. Now, just remember, just right before this, they were out there in the middle of the desert, and they're saying, man, we don't have any food, Jesus, and if we go into town, it's going to cost us 300 denarii to, to feed 5,000 people. It's funny, it's the same amount of money. So think about, man, we, we just needed that money to feed these 5,000 people last week, but of course they didn't need it because Jesus performed a miracle, but they kind of skipped over that part. And, and here's, they're like, man, if she had just given this, donated it to the church, and that could have done something different. And look at verse 6, Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you even bother her? She's done a good deed to me. Can I tell you that when you give to God, when you give in a legacy offering, when you give an offering, when you're giving your tithes and your offering, someone should never look and say, why in the world are you doing that? You should have done this with your money, and you should have done that with your money, or, or this offering should have gone here or there or somewhere else. Jesus is saying, leave her alone. Look at verse 9. Truly I say, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be spoken of in memory of her legacy she created this legacy all by herself with this extravagant gift there's an old saying that i've heard it says if jesus isn't the lord of all he isn't lord at all if there's an area of your life that you're holding back and saying well jesus we're not going to talk about this one hey look at all this other stuff i've given you then he's not completely in control of your life. So can I suggest to you, you cannot truly trust God with your life and not also trust him with your money. That is a hard thing, a difficult thing to hear. But it's the truth. See, this legacy offering that's going to come up next week isn't about our church. It isn't about the big checks that we hope come in. 
It's not about the two copper coins that we hope come in. It isn't about the size of the offering. It's all about you. See, tithes and offerings are what we're instructed by God to give. And when we go through the growth track, you'll, you'll hear all the substance and all the, the scriptural backing behind that. But your tithes and offerings are every check you get, you're supposed to give God 10%. And again, that's not about our church. That's not about giving to our church, and that's not with us with our hand out. That is your responsibility as someone who names the name of Christ. But this legacy offering is one time a year as we head into the Christmas time that we want to do some special things, and you'll hear more about that next week. This is a one-time-a-year challenge. And honestly, it's one time a year for two services generally that we talk about money. Sometimes we talk a little bit more. It creeps into some of these things. But very often, it's not the focus of what we're doing. Can I challenge you this? Can I challenge you to pray about on this first day of December? Or whenever it is that you're hearing this? Can I challenge you to trust God? with your money. It's even printed on our money. In God we trust. But do we trust God with our money? I think we pretty much trust ourselves with our money. We trust our wallet with our money. We trust our bank and our savings accounts. But can I tell you that that's a legacy that our forefathers had. They knew Deuteronomy 8 says that it's God who gives us the power to get wealth. They knew that so much that they put it on our money. Can I suggest to you, trust God with your money. It's not about us. It's all about you. If you've never tithed before, hey, it's a clean slate today. If you used to tithe and you kind of dropped off, it's a clean slate today. Start today. You're leaving a legacy. Legacy is built by what you're giving. Because that's what changes the world. And it becomes who you are. In fact, one of the scriptures we didn't look at that we'll likely look at next week, Jesus says where your treasure is is where your heart is, where you're leaving a legacy. It's who you are. And it's how you've changed the world around you or not. See, you can change the world around you by being a giver and giving out of more than just your abundance, but giving out of your necessity in some situations. Or you say, no, that's not for me. Please bow your heads with me. Today's message was very pastoral. It's not the kind that makes you want to run around the room and jump and shout and scream. But let me tell you, it's not to get money from you. The purpose is to help you align correctly. Like a chiropractor will do adjustments and cause your spine to be in alignment. And things in your body just start working correctly. The Lord even says in Malachi to trust me and test me and see. And the first step in trust is all about accepting Jesus. So today I want to ask you to say this prayer with me. If that's you, to begin. Or maybe to begin again in a relationship of trusting Jesus. Trusting Jesus with your money, you have to first trust Him. If that's you, I want you to simply say this prayer with me. Say, God in heaven, right now I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and every mistake. 
and make me brand new. Jesus, thank you for loving me with everything you have. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I receive new life, new purpose, and destiny. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I thank you that we can trust you with our money. Lord, I thank you that we can trust you with our giving. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor. And we commit all of this to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If that's you today, if you prayed that prayer with us, I want to simply ask you to take the next step. And that is to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And at the bottom of your screen, you'll see that there. Text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And no one's going to chase you down. Nothing's going to happen. We just want to tell you what your options are for your next steps if you'd like to take those. And, and of course, we've been talking about giving and, and everything today, and I already mentioned it, but you can go, and again, it'll be at the bottom of your screen. You can go to givetobelong.com. It's within our app, and if you don't have our app, you can go to any of the, the stores, the Apple Store and the, the Google Store, and it's all right there. Just search Belong Church, and we come up. You'll see our logo up there, and, and there's a place in the app for giving. You can go to our website. It's all right there, but the easiest way is to go to give to belong or text to give. And the text to give number also will be at the bottom of your screen. It's 469-410-7788. And it's honestly the easiest way because you can simply text the word give to that number and it'll come back and it'll ask you some questions the first time. And after that, every other time, it won't ask you. You can simply put the amount you want in there and it goes in. But I will say that that's an automatic going to tithes at that point. So you have to put legacy if you want legacy to be on there. Well, let's pray and dismiss. Father God, I just thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you that we want to leave a legacy. Lord, those before us have left a legacy for us that we're walking in today. Lord, I want to leave a legacy for those that are coming after me. Lord, I don't want to just think about my children or my grandchildren, but my great-grandchildren and, and the influence that will continue on by how I live my life for you. Father, we give you all the glory. Lord, I thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time or that one that came back. Lord, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for Jesus. We want to leave a legacy in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.